you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the God Till Five Wrestling Podcast, where we are a bi-weekly wrestling top five extravaganza. My name is Max Curden, and I am joined by my beautiful co-host. I'm Jesse Benz, and well done, Max. Um, before we went on air, Max was like, it's really awkward starting. Like, starting the podcast is really <laughs> difficult, so um, I'm going to do a proper intro. And you did that, just off the cuff there, no rehearsal. You nailed it. I'm proud of you, mate. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, because we're saying normally we just come in, say hello, and then we have a chat for two hours and ignore you lot. So, hello, listeners. Welcome to the Got Till Five podcast. Nice to see you. To see you. Nice. He's dead. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that. No, I know. Well, I thought he was dead. I, I can't remember if... I know I've told you this before, but I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. But um, I was watching like a Lifetime Achievement Award for Bruce Forsyth about eight years ago. And um, they played, like, you know, the package on um, the big screen. And everyone was, like, watching it with tears in their eyes. And it was all the best bits of Bruce Forsyth. And I was like, oh, it's really sad that he's dead. And then the lights came up and he bounded out. (laughs) (laughs) Kill it. Kill it with fire. (laughs) Uh, I always... Do you think that Bruce Forsyth and Hugh Hefner looked similar? I did as a kid. Um, Kind of. Bruce Forsyth looks like um, if you... Uh, took a rolling pin to um to Hugh Hefner's face and just rolled him out, stretched him out a bit. It's true, yeah. I feel like he was kind of the the British Hugh Hefner. Like he always had the women around him, but it just wasn't as sleazy. Yeah, he was all he was more jovial about it, wasn't he? Yeah, like, he was all right. But I'm pretty sure he had like a long term wife and just the one of them. I think uh, he had he quite a young for a long wife, time. I think I think Bruce was on the level. I don't think she was. Yeah, I think she was younger than him, but like. That's not young, you know what I mean? Okay, two minutes in, we've talked about Bruce Forsyth and not what we're doing on the podcast. And not wrestling. <laughs> but no, Bruce Bruce was on the level, I think, before his family come after us. <laughs> he was on the, yeah, it's fine, it's perfect. But this is a wrestling podcast, and this week we did a Twitter poll uh, to determine what this week's top five was, and you guys voted until I accidentally deleted a tweet, but it's okay, I knew the winner before I did that. Uh, you deleted the tweet? Yeah, I was trying to like retweet it and I pressed the wrong button and it just got deleted. You idiot. That, that's really like, that's level one, mate. Yeah, I know. I was. You're supposed to be on this shit. I was ashamed. That's ridiculous. I like that you didn't tell me as well. Of course like, not. You, you kept it secret like a little pansy. <laughs> You'd shame me. <laughs> I'm shaming you now. On air. On air. <laughs> no, it's, um,. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that, everyone, but uh, that happened. But They don't care, but I do, because now no one can see like the hundreds and hundreds of votes that we got. 1,300 followers, and I let them down. I apologise. I apologise to all of you. But you 1,300 guys... people hate you. <laughs> uh, I've had worse. <laughs> but we are talking about mid-card wrestlers. This is our top five this week, which I feel has been polarising. Would you agree, dear boy? Yeah, it's because it's basically like anyone. So, Sumnit on Twitter, um, when you said about mid card wrestlers, he was like, "Oh, um, he started like that." He went, "Oh, um, it's like anyone could be mid card. What does mid card mean? Mid card doesn't even exist. It's all an illusion, man." 
And it's like, well, you're fucking, you seem like a joyful person to have. Come to my birthday party. But we got a fair but, view of people being like, but how do you define, like, it got real, like, deep where a lot of people like, how do you define mid-card? So. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, Jesse went away to a very private meeting and discussed we it did. at length. Not two messages yeah. over Messenger. Not at all. <laughs> no. So our our rules, our personal rules, and your rules could be whatever you want, my dears. But um, our rules are um, that basically that they've never held a world title. Like is basically the one rule. And but any but even the people former world champions, you can say are um, are mid carders now. You know, but um, that's our that's our view. On I it. think that's a fair rule because we talked about people like the Miz and Dolph Ziggler who are pretty much seen as mid-carders. The Miz is going to go down as one of the best intercontinental champions of all time. But he is a WWE champion and, a, as you said, main-evented WrestleMania and won. Exactly that, yeah. And won, won the WWE title. So it's crazy. It's subjective and we appreciate that. And we've asked the Got Till 5 universe what their thoughts are, so I'm interested to see what they come up with later, um, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, when I asked them, um, I, the, I didn't give them any rules, really. I just said, whatever mid-card means to you, um, just tell me who you like. And so, yeah, we'll see what they say. Yeah, and that's what we'll do. Um, so, housekeeping out of the way, we were on that podcast last week, uh, talking about WrestleMania yeah, that was good. NXT. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, that podcast. Hey, and by the way, I found out, so that podcast, Steve, isn't it? The, um, that podcast man, he's lovely, but, um, he attacked us at the end because he said that he hadn't seen a five star rating from us and podcast brothers are supposed to stick together, five star rate each other, all that stuff. Went to do it. Turns out I've already done it, right? But they separate it with, but against English and American and Canadian and stuff. Ah. So, so I'd done it. He just hadn't seen it because he was looking at the North American side of things. So there you go, Steve. So suck that, Steve. <laughs> suck that, nice. Um, so you can go check that out. But more importantly, because we've guested on his show like three times at this point, we went on our first time, we went and accepted the awards, and then we just did the WrestleMania one. I think it's time we return the favour and he experienced some Got Till 5 goodness. Sweet. Is he next show, is he? He is next show. We will be having Steve. Have you asked him? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Big announcement and he'll have to deal with it. No, no, he says he, he's good with it. So he'll be joining us for a very special top five uh, with a Canadian slash English wrestling theme because we're original. Nice. Well, he is Canadian and we are English. See, see the math there. You did Steiner math just Makes then. Makes sense. Loved it. Uh, no, that was, yeah. Well, Steiner math actually is fundamentally sound. Yeah. Did you see that? That someone actually tested his, uh, his equations. Yeah. It worked. The man's a genius. I never thought we'd end up hearing that. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and just for our promotional stuff that we like to do, uh, you, oh, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but we gotta get it out there, Jesse. Just bear with me, please. GotTill5.com! That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> only reason we made the website was just for that purpose. GotTill5.com! Uh, so you can, GotTill5.com! You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, our previous episodes, all on that one website now, so just go to GotTill5.com. Dot com! And, <laughs> what was it? GotTill5.com! <laughs> And you can find out all you need to know about us and get in contact from there. Now, 
we don't do news anymore, so fuck it. We no, sub that. Um, on to business. We did review WrestleMania, but um, go listen to Dad Podcast if you want to hear us break down Mania and NXT TakeOver, because we did an amazing job on that. We did, actually. We nailed it, didn't we? We did really, really well. Cool. I was proud yeah, of us. Really... <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was really good. Steve was awesome as well. His podcast is great. Everyone go listen. Exactly. Dad Podcast. D-A Podcast. Nailed it. All right, don't overpromote his. What's say our website? All right, one well, more if time. we do it, he'll do it to us. It's networking, baby. Get with the times. <laughs> say our website one more you time. You can't even tweet without deleting stuff. <laughs> Go to five.com. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so now on to business. We're going to be talking about um, our top five mid card wrestlers. How did you find this list, Jesse Benz? Um, I wrote it without much thought because I thought that would be the best way to do it. I just went with my heart like I always do. Mm-hmm. And it's in no way a definitive list of mid-carders or anything. It's just pe- it's, bas- it's basically just people I like. And I will explain why they're mid-carders, why it's a travesty in, so- in some ways that they are mid-carders because I think they're all better than that. And um, yeah, so it's just it's just how I felt today. And there's loads more. I could have done a top 20, but um, this is just top five. And take it as it well, is and argue with me on Twitter, if you like. That's what he loves. He loves the Twitter arguments. Um, I love it. Because you said yourself it. that this is a list that we could do daily and it would change daily. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do one every day. All right. Every day. Um, but yeah, going through the list of like wrestlers, because I always like to look up in case I missed anyone. That's just too many. You think about how many people have not held the major world titles, and that's a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. And people that have that are still like not nowhere near main eventers. There's a lot of them as well. Very true. Very true. Um so ha- one of mine is not from WE. Nor mine. <laughs> what is with you today? No mine. <laughs> <Got to five. laughs> um yeah, no, I've got my I've got a um one new Japan guy and one guy who um was WF but not for very long and the other three are WFers slash WCWs. Cool, cool. I like it. I like it. Um, let's get into it. Do you want to get into it? Do you want to feel it? Do you want to feel the power? <laughs> let's do it. If we have a clash, what are we doing? What Ooh, noise? Oh, okay. I think I might have a good one for this. And do, you, and do you think we'll have a clash? How many clashes do you think we'll, we'll have? Well, we've both got one New Japan guy, and you seem to think that we might have the same one here? No, I don't. Okay, so not one New Japan guy. Um, I honestly, I actually don't think... Actually, no, we're going to have one. Yeah, I agree. One, but it won't be the New Japan guy. Okay, so one crossover between the two of us. And for sound drop, I feel like we have to take yeah. something from a mid-carder. Now, I'm going to give you some options here. You can okay. have Val Venus. Hello, ladies. Nice. You can have Al Snow. What does everybody want? Head. Head. And I can't think of a third one, so pick between those two. Um, how about Hardcore Holly? How do you like me now? What? No, my two. What? No, what? That, I just gave you a third option. I thought that's what you wanted. Fine, okay. Um, uh, hello, ladies. Okay. We'll get a bit... We'll get. I kind of want a couple of crossovers now. I really want to put that in there. Right. Okay, <laughs> let's do that then. So, if we ever have a crossover, you will hear the beautiful Val Venus say, Hello, ladies. And that's topical. <laughs> Just, just like, like that. Hello, ladies. That's how I do that's it. That's how we yeah, got that's over. That's how I do it in my towel when I come out. 
Hello, ladies. <laughs> it's less threatening. Hey, I found out um, CM Punk's first ever WWE match was against Val Venus. Did you know that? I did not. When was he? He was enhancement talent. It was in 2005. Oh. CM Punk just did a match on Heat or something. I guess it was a tryout for Punk back in 05. And he was very Ring of Honor Punk back then, like with the baggy shorts and stuff. I miss baggy short um, Punk. Yeah, but it's good. But it's on. Um, if you go on um, the network, it's under Hidden Gems. You can watch it there. I've not delved into that Hidden Gems yet, but I hear a lot of good stuff about it. Mm. So I think I need to check out a fair few. Um, but until then, let's drop that droppy drop drop. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me. Boom! Dropped. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favourite part of this. Every week, every single week. Well, pretending we've heard it when we haven't. Exactly. Just having the awkward silence, yeah. <laughs> Good. Brother, 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 brother. No, it's not that anymore, is it? Hasn't been brother, 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 brother for ages. I know. I don't listen to this. Brubbies. <laughs> There's better podcasts out there. I've got a life to live. <laughs> okay. Kick us off, JB. Shall I? Okay, my number five is my New Japan guy. Oh, mine too. No, mine is... <laughs> um, eh? You big queen. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hero Ishii. Ah, yes. So not a clash, no? No. I was right. Right, okay, so... Um, Tomohiro Ishii has never held the IWGP world title despite starting with the company 14 years ago. What? Right? 2004, Ishii debuted in New Japan, um, and I think he went. I think he started professional wrestling in '96, so he's actually been a um, professional wrestler for like 22 years, um, and never never held a world title. How crazy is that? Ne- not only never held a world title, never had a major um, main event match in New Japan, one on one anyway. Um, what's he, what's he won? He's, um, he's held the never openweight title four times, the tag titles once with Yano, we know how serious that was taken, and the, um, never openweight six man tag titles once, and we know how serious those titles are taken as well. That's rubbish, right? Think how long his career's been, and he's just held these, like, loser titles. <laughs> they're, they're like the worst titles in Japan. True. Would you disagree? No, not at all. And especially no. who he held his tag title against. That was exactly. so random at Wrestle Kingdom. I know, I, and I felt bad for it. And this is what like, I, I like Yano. He's entertaining. He's funny, but Ishi, Ishi's above all that. Ishi's like proper. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And he's like oh, he he reminds me of it was he was going to come up quickly, wasn't he? Um, Chris Benoit, like Ishi to me, is very much got what Benoit had in that he can simultaneously come across as like this unstoppable powerhouse that you're scared of. But he can also sell in this fashion that makes him a really endearing baby face and you really feel sorry for him and it's believable when he gets battered, even though he's like massive. And he's just he's just such a good worker. He's he's easily in the top top five workers of New Japan, I would say. And um if you listed the other ones, they have all um either held the IWGP world title or had like Wrestle Kingdom main events and stuff. Like yeah. high profile matches. And Ishii has never had 
any of that, which to me puts him firmly in the mid card. And also, um, I think it's a travesty. The dude's like 42 now as well, I think. I, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's early 40s. And so it's probably over for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's never going to he's never gonna be um, a main eventer now. It's just not going to happen. No, there's no real kind of fairy tale booking in New Japan of, like, that kind of style <laughs> of guy coming in and, oh, yeah, oh, maybe. You never know. Could happen. But you're right. It's... Maybe. Well, they tend to fade old people out. Like, I quite like that in a way. They do what happens in real sports, right? Like, if you get the best, fo- if you get like David Beckham or something in football, like yeah, he was great when he was in his late twenties, early thirties, but he obviously wasn't one of the best in the world when he was in his late thirties because your body starts to give in on you. And even though wrestling is fake, newsflash, guys, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's still I know, but New Japan still book it that way, which is quite nice. They sort of just phase them out, unlike WWE, which put um, the WWE title on Hulk Hogan in two thousand and two. Yeah, which, which which is ridiculous, or just be Tanahashi. Tanahashi is the exception to every rule. Yeah, that's true, but he's beautiful. <laughs> he just keeps getting that hair done, get that mum hair done, and he's fine. Yeah, that hair don't crack. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it's. I would love to see because I, I especially like last year when he was doing all the good stuff with like. Um, the G1 and then the G1 in LA, um, all the stuff he was doing with like Kenny and I just... that's the highest profile match I can think of. That yeah, he's me ever too. Had. And he nailed it and he, he did really well. Uh, Rev Pro over here in the UK, they treat him really well. So maybe, yeah. Uh, did he ever hold the Rev Pro championship? Uh, cause I know he's hold the ring of on a TV title, but whether they've given yeah. him the do, do, do. Let me have a look here, because I am curious. So he has held... Yeah, he's held the RevPro British Heavyweight Championship. Okay, well, you know, next stop, world domination. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as you say, never open weight. I hate that title with a passion. Oh, I, I like the title, but it's certainly not in the upper tier of importance. Do you I've, know what I mean? I've just never understood any of the never championships. It's just turned into the we hit each other for real belt. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's... Uh, well, actually, uh, just reading here that that Kenny Omega match um, was rated match of the year by a company. And he's had, uh, in total, three five-star matches as well. There you go. Oh. Talented, talented dude. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever see that promo after... I, he lost to someone, and I, they're not promos either, they're like press conferences that they do after matches in the back. And um, he just sat there talking in Japanese, because that's his language, and... Um, the subtitles at the bottom just came up and you just looked all down and the subtitles just said, write whatever you want about me. I'm a sad man. <laughs> he just got up and left. <laughs> it's like, oh man, E.T., you're killing me. He does not live the stone pit bull kind of moniker for me. He's uh, he's too sweet and gentle. He is sweet. I want to give... And he also, he looks ridiculous in human clothes. I, I saw a picture of him in a suit once and he's just the wrong body shape for any clothes other than wrestling gear. I don't think I've ever seen him in regular clothes. No. I, I want to keep it's that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, do it's, it's stupid. Oh dear. Well, let's uh, let's move across to my new Japan pick. Ooh. I think debuted earlier than yours, October okay. nineteen ninety nine. Wow, two months before Shenmue One was was released. Ah, oh, Shenmue's coming back. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if anyone listening to this knows or cares, but Shenmue is the greatest um, Japanese game ever made. I would say the greatest um, video game ever made. 
the greatest video game ever made. Okay, well, Fight it's in me. the upper echelon. And do you prefer one or two, quickly? Um, I love two. I do love two. Two, two is like broader isn't it it's weird because one's a smaller place but you can go in everywhere so it's really immersive whereas two has a much bigger place to wander around but there's a lot of like plastic doors that you can't actually walk through that's the problem yeah yeah and then anyway one gives you um because two the job you get is lifting up the the pallets isn't it you got to move left and right whereas one you actually get to use the forklift Yes, that's right. And um, yeah, Fortlift is life. Fortlift, uh, yeah, Shenmue is a great game. And they're, re- they're re-bringing it out and on PS4 and that sometime this year, apparently. So um, we are pumped. Anyway, um, your number five. My, <laughs> my number five is the man who was taken from us too soon, Shibata! Ah, oh, Shibata. Um, oh, yes, yes. Right? Yes. Popped into my head immediately. I said, who's a mid-carder? This man. The most this man. violent man who I got such a hard on for when I like really got into New Japan. I was like, this is my guy. He is mine. Dead. <laughs> I mean, he's not dead. He's but dead, yeah, he's, he? He might, he's dead to us. <laughs> but he, um, and, the thing, and the tragic thing about this, the sweet irony of this, is that his last ever match, Shabata's last stand, was a main event match at a big pay-per-view, right? Yep. Or a big like Japanese show. So it felt like they were maybe transitioning him into that sort of top position. This, this and is, then and then his career ends. This is why I think he is the ultimate mid-carder. Well, obviously not. He's number five. We'll get to that. But um, <laughs> from the standpoint of, as you just said, he his final match was a five-star classic in my eyes. And yep. by Mautz's ratings as well. Against one of the best in the world today. And good God, could he hang? And it was just absolutely perfect of a match. And then for him to be taken away, if no one's seen it, he forgets that wrestling is a entertainment sport, <laughs> and he headbutts a man for real. He does. And well, he did, he did it a lot. He did it a lot. Uh, the aforementioned Ishii had the, those two had some horrendous headbutt competition. Yeah, and uh, it caused him to collapse and lose his vision and all of his bodily functions and he's an unwell man but he's fine now he is the head coach at the new japan dojo in los angeles well that's good but um but yeah we'll, we'll never see him wrestle no, wrestle no. properly again there's a video of him <laughs> training at the loss uh at the la new japan dojo and it's just him with a kendo stick just just sweeping people's legs and hitting them that's all he does <laughs> imagine good. showing up for your first day of wrestling training and he's standing there <laughs> with, with a kendo oh, stick. Fuck. <laughs> this isn't for apparently, me. Apparently, um, apparently Suzuki was at WrestleMania. Well, there were a bunch of New Japan guys at WrestleMania, but um, Suzuki was there, and everyone, everyone was like, "Oh, please, just send him to the NXT Performance Center for <laughs> just a few days." <laughs> One thing about that with the um, did you notice when Braun was picking, he went to go pick Nicholas as his tag team partner? Yeah, he walks past every single NXT guy. Yes, all of uh, well, the... I saw No Way Jose. Yep, so, and then Mandrews and everyone else there. All the WE UK guys were there because they got moved seats. So we walked past everyone in Fight Club. And apparently Tanahashi uh, okay. told a story of one of his... He walked past Tanahashi as well. And Tanahashi's, like, representative was, like, holding up his arm going, Pick him, pick him! <laughs> Imagine Tanahashi <laughs> and Braun Strowman. It'd be incredible. That would have been surreal. So, yeah. but, but we got Nicholas, that's fine. That's all we needed. Youngest champion to hold a title amazing um king maxwell will take he will so 
Shibata started in New Japan in 99, up until his run in 2004. Um, I didn't realise he started um, so long ago. Right, yeah, he, he was... He looked like a relatively young dude when he retired. Yeah, yeah, and um, he kind of got his... So he started alongside his fellow rookies. See if any of these names ring a bell. They were known as the Free Musketeers. It was Shibata, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I've I've heard their names yeah. banded around somewhere. Every now yeah, and again. I'm not sure where. Um and yeah, had a great career. Um and then there was the whole falling out and him going freelance, which was unfortunate. Didn't he kill a guy? Uh yeah, he he did kill a he did kill a young lion. <laughs> was gonna skip over that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. But it's um yeah, I mean that's pretty oh, um there's someone on my list who killed a guy as well. That's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm curious now. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay, fair enough. Um, And then he returned to New Japan in 2012 and slowly worked his way up and literally did work his way up from the bottom, got into that mid-card level and uh, just slowly started working his way up and up and up and got to that point and then it was taken away from us. But he won the New Japan Cup in 2017, which is why I was allowed to challenge. He's held the IWGP Tag Team Championship, again, with Goto. Uh, never open weight champion three times, Wonder World Tag League, Goto, and uh, yeah, won the best tag team bout. Um, I always felt like the never open weight championship suited him best. In terms of if we're talking yeah. about smashy smashy title men, he's the one. <laughs> well, yeah, and it suited Ishii as well. But like the first time I saw him, so I first got into um, New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom 9. That was the first proper New Japan show I watched. And um, uh, see, I think, although I think it was it was Wrestle Kingdom 10, wasn't it? Where we had um, Shibata and Ishii the first yes. time, I think. Um, and so I saw that and just saw Ishii as this hard-hitting guy, you know. And Shibata is this hard-hitting guy as well. And, and they obviously are. But then you see, like... Like Shibata had a good match against Osprey. Do you remember that? Yes. And Ishii has obviously had all these matches against other people. And they can properly work. Like they can properly work wrestling all sorts of wrestling styles with all sorts of wrestlers, not just the hard hitting that they're mostly advertised to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think he could work with anyone. And it's, I'll always wonder what if, what if, what yeah. would happen afterwards? Because, um, uh, one of my favorite matches that I talked about was um, Shibata versus Matt Riddle. They had a match. Yes, you've shown that to me before. That was Rev Pro, yeah, isn't it? And they put on an incredible match. I, I always think Shibata's pacing is so good. He's yeah. just got that New Japan pacing of just start nice and slow and then just ramp it up, but doesn't do any anything crazy. Just ramps it up to a to a good level. And uh, yeah, that high waisted motherfucker, we're gonna miss him. Yeah, we certainly are. How long till we see Matt Riddle in WWE, do you reckon? Never. Never? Never. Nah, he'll be there. I give it um, two years. Ooh, okay. Uh, I can see him maybe doing New Japan. Doing a Zack Sabre yeah, he will, route, but, but I don't think he'll ever end up in WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, hit me with your number four. Hit me. Okay, my number four is um, our fellow countryman. His name is the Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington. I thought this would come up. Did I you? Did. So, um, taking his actual personality out of the equation, he is um, one of the. As, as you need to for a lot of these carnies. Um, he is um, 
one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. Uh, he invented what is now the WWE main event style, right? So now, what is the main event style in WWE at the moment? It's AJ Styles, it's Seth Rollins, it's Finn Balor, it's people like that. It's it's basically cruiserweight, cruiserweights with muscles, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's really what the WWE main event style is now, just spots and flips, but with, like, you know, definition and strength as well. Done, no one did that before Dynamite Kid. He invented it. He is that influential, in my opinion. And uh, he's, and, like, the only, so, and the only title he ever held that is still recognisable today is the tag team titles, the WWF tag team titles, which he held with David Boy Smith. Um, he held the WWF Junior Heavyweight title, um, which was at the time being def- only defended in New Japan, which was in the 80s and 90s. Um, and a side note about that belt. Um, do you remember when Ultimo Dragon had the I've Got Loads of Belts gimmick? Yes. Um, so him, Ultimo Dragon and Malenko opened Starcade 97. Ultimo Dragon came out with all of his belts, one of which was the WWF Light Heavyweight title, which he had won in New Japan, which means that um medusa throwing the women's title in the trash isn't the only wwf title that appeared on wcw telly i never knew that isn't that interesting and wwf um got pissed off and tried to sue wcw over it but i think they um got out of it because it was technically the even though it had wf's logo on it it was technically the property of new japan because of some deal they had and then wcw were working with new japan so it ended up being okay um, but anyway, um, Dynamite Kid, um, yeah, that's uh, like that's it really for his t- title reigns. Just one WWF tag team title and the junior heavyweight, the WWF junior heavyweight title. Never really held anything else of note. And Dynamite Kid was just like he's so important to the business now. If you look at you know his lasting legacy, yeah, he he defines every almost every big star in WWE right now. Yeah, and I think when you say that he, I don't think he'll be remembered in that way. No, he won't at all. Because of how horrible a person he was. But saying that, uh, you're right, he was incredibly influential to a lot of people's styles. It's like when you see people wanting to say Chris Benoit, they're like, oh, who influenced you as a kid? And you got Sasha Banks and people being like, I really loved Eddie Guerrero and, and Chavo and Dean and... Did you just call him Daddy Guerrero? Daddy, I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> it sounded like you said Daddy Guerrero. <laughs> wow, now he's got a new name on this show. But they like pause just as they're about to say Chris Benoit, but you can see it. You can see them wanting to say it. And I feel like a lot yeah. of people kind of have that with uh, Dynamite Kid as well. Yeah. I mean, any, anyone who watches Daniel Bryan wrestle and claim that he wasn't fucking obsessed with people like Dynamite Kid and Chris Benoit when he was a kid and deluding themselves. I concur. Yes. And um, apparently, um, Dynamite Kid... Jesus Christ. Right, I've got a um, squirter, a smell squirter in my living room, right, that was put there yesterday, and they just go off at random intervals, right? So I'm here alone, and all of a sudden I hear... In the corner. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it just scared the shit out of me. Um, as you were. Uh, so, Stampede Wrestling, right? Um, yeah. Why isn't it on the network? I want it on the network. Have they not added it yet? I thought they added some Stampede no. on there. There's no Stampede on the WWE network. Mother Apparently, it, it all technically belongs... It all belongs to Bret Hart, and he won't let them use it. Uh... And I want it all. 
apparently it's got some amazing dynamite kid stuff that i've never seen it's got some amazing chris benoit stuff that i've never seen some amazing Bret Hart stuff, some amazing Owen Hart stuff that I've never seen. I want to see it all. Put it on the network, please. Well, I have the same because um, we've mentioned Bret Hart's book before and he always goes, like, there's the first third of the book is talking about uh, Stampede Wrestling and the matches and yeah. stuff. And I'd love to go back and see some of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, desperate. there's so so many of my favourite wrestlers that, um, you know, I sort of feel like I've seen as much of their work as I can. and But there's this massive Stampede chunk missing from what I've seen. Oh, get on it, Brett. You've you've I know. Please, sold Brett, out and hugged. Use it. You've hugged Sean. Exactly. You've fought you hugged Sean. <sighs> Stampede. Um, so that is my number four, and I think, and I know he's like a bad person, but um, it, I'll be really interested to see because he will die very soon, and it'll be interesting to see um how WE react, what they do. Are um, we coming up to they're, your, they're not um... afraid of mentioning him. No, no. But aren't we coming up to your death prediction date? Because you predicted at the start of the year his death. And I think it was around about May time. Was it? I can't remember when it was. Um, We'll have to go back and find out. Um, If anyone's listening that can remember what I said, tell me. Um, Because we won't go look. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, it might have passed by already. I don't know. But yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? We need to um, document that. If it happens on the day and you don't have an alibi, you're fucked. Ah, mate. I know. I'm in the same country as him as well. He lives in like a council flat in Manchester. Don't say that. Don't say you know where he lives. Well, I, I didn't say which council flat. Seven B downstairs. <laughs> Always by the window. Well, it, has to, it has to be downstairs. The dude's only got one leg. <laughs> nice, classy. Well done. Okay, my, my no, are you done? Factual. Are you happy? Are you, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I love you, Tom Billington. You psychopath. You psycho. I've got a signed picture of him in my living room. You've seen it, haven't you? Oh, the one on the cover. What? No, it's um, it's Dynamite Kid. I've got a, you know, my frame CM Punk picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, my frame CM, uh, signed CM Punk picture. Above that is a Dynamite Kid picture of him. Um, with, I'm looking at it now. He's got Tiger Mask in an abdominal stretch. Oh, yeah. And he's signed, he's signed Dynamite Kid over Tiger Mask's face. <laughs> as you would, as you would. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um... Are you finding, because me and Jesse get the Wrestle Crate, and every month it comes with, like, a hand-signed picture. Yeah. I just kind of throw them to one side. Like, it's very cool. Do you? But, like, they're, they're all, I haven't thrown them away, they're all in kind of one place, but it's just like, I don't know, if I haven't got the signature myself, I, I feel a bit weird, because there's a Ric Flair one coming in the next crate. Ah, oh, I'm psyched about that. And you're going to frame it. I, I don't know if I'm going to frame it, but I've, um, they're all blue tacked over my bed. Really? <laughs> yeah, every single one. I'm just, I'm just slowly making a um, wallpaper in my bedroom of signed wrestler pictures. I don't care where they came from. I just think it will look cool. Okay, I, I haven't been in your bedroom in a while. Weird sentence. There you go. Well, next, next time, baby, if you play your cards right, hello, you can stare at that, and you wonder why you get Twitter messages <laughs> whilst biting the pillow. <laughs> and Jesse wonders why he gets Twitter messages about his sexuality. Yeah, I've got many um, Twitter messages um, asking about my sexuality, and uh, my answer is, um, it's none of your business. <laughs> and um, anyway, my number four is um, only the the only one on my list who is actually currently employed by WWE. Now, uh. I didn't want to have a lot of WWE guys on there, because there's a lot at the moment which you could classify in this area. But yes. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. By the time this comes out, they could have won it in the greatest Royal Rumble. They can win it in South Africa. 
Who knows? But I feel like I'm safe with this one, and it makes me sad that Cesaro is one of the greatest mid-card wrestlers there is. Yeah, very good shout. Thank talent you. Wise, um, Talent-wise, he's, he's definitely in the upper echelon. There is very few people in this world more skilled than Cesaro, I would say. Yes. Um, but when you look at his ring work, especially... Um, I don't like seeing him in a tag team, but it is giving him, you know, something to do. But you look back to when it was... When was it? 2016? Round about then? Do you remember the Fatal 4-Way Extreme Rules, where it was Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, and The Miz? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that was a great match. Great match. I feel like that around that time was Cesaro's, like, best work. Yeah. Like... Truly. He had a great um, US Open Challenge match with Cena as well the year before. Yeah, exactly that. Um, that was really good. Match the year candidates with uh, Sami Zayn. Him and Sami Zayn in NXT. A stupid amount of um, yeah. chemistry. And yeah, John Cena was crazy. Um, I never realized how close they were in terms of like their workout buddies and like really, really good workout friends. So that's quite sweet touching. Well, they're both. Um... They're both they're both supermen, yeah. Aren't they? So they would be friends. Well, I've never seen anyone as strong as Cesaro, and I think that was put on display best during the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale at WrestleMania 30. Good God, that's a mouthful! And yes, it just it picks is. up the big show Arm like it's nothing. Yeah, um, I know it's crazy. Like, well, I mean, Brock Lesnar's done that before, but um, it's yeah, you're right. It's it just because he's not as beefed as Lesnar. It's just such a amazing thing to see isn't it and the fact that he can kind of flip around and fly around to a cruiserweight level remember seeing a ladder match where he jumped off the ladder springboarded from the middle rope and turned it into a corkscrew uppercut and for a man of his size and shape it's like how how is that possible um it's great he's brilliant but i will say one thing um i have never connected with him on the mic what this is why he'll always forever be a mid-carder uh, I think he's the only person who, because obviously after WrestleMania 30, that should have been like the monster push that happened to him. And then he got teamed with Paul Heyman. And the fact that that's such a forgettable moment and that Paul Heyman couldn't get him over was... Uh, Les- he got paired with Paul Heyman like the night after Lesnar beat the streak. So what is Paul Heyman going to be talking about all the time? Do you know what I mean? Like true. Cesaro is such an afterthought to all that. Yeah, that is true. Um, but then he got Tyson Kidd and everyone started to really get behind him. I think... Oh, I miss Tyson Kidd-Cesaro tag team so much. I know, right? And he was the charismatic out of the two, so... <laughs> that says a lot. Tyson Kidd almost made it into this list, but then, like, Cesaro I can sometimes give a pass for on the mic. Tyson Kidd I cannot. Um, no, I, I enjoyed his NXT work when he was doing the whole Natty's husband stuff, when he was getting all angry because um, everyone was just like calling him Natty's husband and saying that Natalia was more successful than him and stuff, and he was only known for being um, the husband of Natalia. Um, that was really good. He um, excelled then, I would say. Yeah, 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 fair point. But it just never transpired to the main roster, unfortunately. But uh, you're right, it's the talking that lets him down. You see him in the ring with people like John Cena and Randy Orton, and it just seems natural. The guy can just hang with them. But you put him on a mic, and there's just no connection there. And it's such a shame, because it's so nice to see someone with that level of work rate in the WE. And as fun as the whole Sheamus-Cesaro tag team was, and the bar's obviously doing well for him, 
I do want to see him on his own kind of little little run because I think he's about thirty eight now. He must be getting on a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was on the independents for quite a while, and he's been in. He's WWE in the wrestler. He's in Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler. He's one of the um, sort of wrestlers in the locker room that you see um, oh, yeah. in some of the scenes. Yeah, he, back when he had longer hair. Ah. So's our truth, oddly. Our truth actually gets a speaking role, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. he goes up and talks to him after the match. Yeah, good, good work, brother. <laughs> right, that that film. Right, I love that film. It's a brilliant film. But what? How do they do this? Like, I guarantee you, so many wrestling fans just tuned out because, like, the, one of the first lines in the film is the promoter going up to Mickey Rourke after his match and saying, um, obviously, like someone lazily researching wrestler terms and stuff. He says, um, that was a great, there was a great, that was a great crowd tonight. You really put them over. And it's like, that isn't how that's used. And it's like, you, you had so many wrestlers involved with this film and stuff. How did that slip through the net? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good picking up point. It's ridiculous. Like, and the rest of the film is so, it seems to be so precise and like on it with the language and stuff. But that's one of the first things said in the whole film, and it's just incorrect. And I get so many people must have just gone, "Wow, this is um, already rubbish." And it obviously wasn't. It was fantastic. But I just got this image of you throwing your popcorn in. I'm done. It, um, yeah, it was just like, yeah, great crowd tonight. You really put them over. It just sounds so stupid. It, it's well, true. Really, really annoyed me. How how did that get through the net with all those wrestlers there and stuff? It's ridiculous. You're still holding on to the rage now. Oh, God, I'm going to go and kick a lamb to death or something. To what? Vent. <laughs> dark. Well done. Dark. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my number four pick, Cesaro. I don't think he's ever going to hold the world title, but hopefully an icy title run to finish things off. Very happy. That'd be nice. And full respect to him. He's been there a while now, and I've never seen him phone it in. Do you know what I mean? He never. seems to put a lot of effort in every single time, and that is awesome. Full respect for that. Yeah. One by three. Yeah, yeah. That was meant to be a natural transition, but you fucked it. Well, you can edit it. You can, like, squeeze in that weird silence so that it's not even there. No, I'm just going to make the listeners uncomfortable. Number three. Uh, My my number three is... um, He's the son of a son of a plumber. It is Goldust. Good choice. Thank you. Um, So, um, he's... When it comes to a gimmick that shouldn't have stood the test of time, like Goldust debuted, I mean, he debuted much earlier, but he debuted the Goldust character in 1995. What? I know. And he's still the Goldust character today. That's mental, isn't it? That is troubling, to say the least. Yeah. And upon, and I, not that I've like delved deep into his career, but on a bit of a Google and stuff from what I can find. And I'd love someone to prove me wrong. He has never ever had a WWF or world title match in his entire career. Um, I think you're right. I can't think of a single one. And I tried to Google it and I couldn't find any, anything saying that he's ever even challenged for, for the big, any of the big belts. No, I'd imagine. How mad is that? Like, number one tournaments or battle royales but never never making it to the end never challenged for it not even as a throwaway match on raw or something 
Like, how crazy is that? That's that's insane. And as you when say, you how long he's been there about his gimmick, it's like something that should have died on its ass a long time ago. Like, it got yeah. heat in the nineties because it was just guy wearing gold paint cross dressing wore gimp outfits and of course that's gonna piss gay being a gay that's gonna piss off the the 90s crowds but yeah and then they they just adapted it and it's just become the quickest way to get over nowadays yeah exactly (laughs) um and then he uh early 2000s was when he was thrown into electrical box and started developing the twitch and the the Tourette's. that was brilliant and then he's just become this lovable gold thing that gets yeah. tag teamed with mandy rose and and that's fine and do you remember when he went to um wcw briefly as seven? Oh yes what is oh, this? that is one of my favorite promos of all time if you have if anyone hasn't seen that i think it's on daily motion if you just type in um like seven debut or something like that um wcw seven debut um, and just watch his first ever entrance and his promo that he does in the ring it's incredible. Like, just go and treat yourself. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, Gold Dust, yeah, I mean, I, from what I can see, it really does feel like he's always, I mean, he's a really naturally gifted performer. I mean, he's, you know, kept this character going this long and it, it doesn't feel boring. Um, really good performer. Best power slam in the business, oh, I would yeah. say. And, um, and also, he seems like a really positive influence backstage, like, and always has been. Like, people always seem to go out their way to say how lovely and like caring gold dust is and how he just looks out for everyone and he just seems even like in um, wrestling with shadows bret hart makes a point to sort of say doesn't he how much he likes gold dust near the start yeah and gold dust like has nothing to do with the film or bret hart or anything but bret hart makes sure he gets that in and that film was 97 that was made and even today it feels like um everyone just loves him and he's turned into this real mentor backstage and when he decides to retire he's gonna just become a trainer or an agent or something i'm sure he will and he's got a job for life at wwe i think he um and he's going to be a fantastic sort of fantastic office person backstage as well yeah yeah definitely i've um i'd love to see him kind of take a role in nxt um like his dad did and just start mentoring people down there because it, well, he knows how to get a character over. Jesus. Well, this is the thing. He's okay. Goldust has never held tightly. He's never been considered in that main event picture. But you talk about a solid wrestler. You talk about someone who can connect with a crowd. I can still remember Goldust matches from like '99. He just he can just connect with an audience. He can get that character over, and his moveset is solid. His like you said, his scoop slam, nothing quicker and nothing sharper. Like power slam, not scoop slam. Sorry, Jesse power slam like i i say about samoa joe or randy orton have got some good ones but no gold dust all the time yeah actually yeah joe's is very good you're right randy orton's got a surprisingly good one as well yeah but um but yeah gold dust is um is the man with that move but yeah um bonafide hall of famer that has completely earned it throughout his career he's had such consistent like he's made a real consistent living from wrestling which people like the ultimate warrior could only dream of do you know what i mean like yeah, it's um, like goldust is the man and uh his tag team with booker t is still one of my favorite tag teams that has ever happened yes um yeah fantastic tag team um i really enjoyed them as well i remember there's a really good bit if anyone was to go back do you remember judgment day 2003 i do when they brought back the intercontinental title and it was a over the top rope battle royale oh, to yeah. crown the intercontinental t- t- champion and um 
Booker T ends up getting screwed out of the victory by Christian, if you remember. Mm -hmm. But um, before that, um, so Goldust and Booker T are both in it. And um, uh, Goldust tries to eliminate Booker T, but Booker T counters and eliminates Goldust. And they're mates. It's like, oh, man. And like you think, oh no, they're going to break up the tag team. It's going to be the start of this angle or something. And um, Goldust and Booker T, like Goldust is out the ring, just looks up at Booker T. They both laugh, fist bump, and Goldust leaves. And that's <laughs> it. Like, and it's just really refreshing that like that didn't turn into an angle and they stayed the tag team. It was just really that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Yeah, like they just sort of yeah, yeah, I tried to pull one over on you, but it didn't work. Sorry, mate. And that was it. It was great. Didn't Christian end up winning that battle royale? Yes, he did. He screwed Booker T. So Booker T um, threw Christian over the top to win, but the referee was knocked out. So the referee didn't see it. So Christian ran back in and then um, low-blowed Booker T, I think, and mm. um, threw him over the top to win by nefarious means. And then he debuted with the short hair and, yeah. Oh, yeah, then that happened. <laughs> it's all about the hair with us wrestling fans. <laughs> right. Uh, my number three is... Someone from the era of there was a lot of great mid card talent, and I feel like if it was about they were born ten years later, they'd be in this great crop of wrestlers. My number three is Johnny Nitro, Johnny Morrison, the Shaman of Sexy, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact. He loves the name Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Um, now yeah, this is a wrestler that I know is going to split people because people either love him and they think he's great underrated yeah. and a fantastic wrestler or those people who think he's overrated pretty boy who's shit yeah i kind of fall in the latter camp a little bit i thought you would because you're not you're not there for the abs and the flash no uh finn Balor's abs i'm there for um but anyone else is um, i'm not that bothered about yeah um yeah i never really understood the heat um from when i saw him debut i thought eminem was a great tag team I thought they yeah. were one of the strongest tag teams of that era. That I liked Melina. Melina. I miss Melina. She was good. Everyone misses Melina. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought he was the best out of the, the tag team for them. And then when he went on to do a singles wrestling, I was entertained by every single match. His work with Jeff Hardy was some of my uh, favorite matches from that era. And his finishing move, I loved the Starship Pain. I thought that was really well done. Uh, I think it just appeals to my... I like flash and no substance yeah you do um here's what i here's what i don't like about johnny nitro he um wrestles like eddie gordo from tekken yeah except except at like an eddie gordo at two miles an hour like he's doing all the flippy stuff but he's doing it so slowly that it just feels over choreographed and doesn't his moves don't connect properly. They're not fluid enough. He's just sort of going from spot to spot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can kind of see that aspect to him. Um, I, I, I do feel it depends who he's working with that you kind of get that out of him. Um, his If no one's watched his work in Lucha Underground, it's it's incredible. The, the first episode of Lucha Underground is himself and prince puma who was that, that is a good match i remember watching that yeah he's had to retire to the same um orphanage as al generico now which <laughs> is such a shame but uh their first match just to kick off that show and it's the first episode is an absolutely stellar match and i feel like he's improved incredibly and still looks like he did 15 years ago whereas shout and benjamin's come back and you go mm, shout a bit old now 
whereas Munda still looks incredible and in great shape. It's like it's in a little time machine. So I'd love to see Munda come back and do another mid-card run. I think he'd be perfect for it. Um, yeah. To kind of do that angle. But he's he's doing well in what he's doing, so maybe it wouldn't be the best move. But I, I think it'd be fantastic to see him back. Um, yeah, I just like how Joey Mercury disappeared, didn't he? Just went Joey Mercury... Yeah, and then J and J security and all of that, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, that was um, enjoyable and really good mates with CM Punk, according to CM Punk's DVD. So Joey Mercury was messed up on drugs and stuff, and um, he was broke, and so CM Punk bought his house for him. Wow, yeah, that's very nice of him, wasn't it? That wasn't it? Um, but yeah, he seems to be doing well in the Mexican circuit. He's been like mega champion, Latin American champion, cruiserweight champion. Mega champion? Yeah, don't ask about Triple A championships. To... It's all ridiculous. Is, have they actually got a title called the Mega Championship? Yeah, it's a Triple A Mega Championship. That's like something I'd make up when I was six. <laughs> the Mega Championship. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the World Heavyweight Championship, so take that as what you will. I take I take it with disgust. <laughs> now, I, I didn't know whether you were going to call me out on having Morrison, because technically he's held the ECW World title for a very brief time. But yeah, that doesn't count. Does that count? Does that no. Count, do you think? No. No. Who, like, no, of course it doesn't. That means, um, th- th- doesn't that mean Ezekiel Jackson will be a what considered a world champion? Yes, it does. Um, does has he held it? Yeah, like, yeah, obviously it doesn't, um, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Uh, one of the most successful things to come out of Tough Enough, I'd say, is, uh, John Morrison. And, who would have thought that between these two, when you put John Morrison and The Miz together, which one of these is going to be the future success, eight-time Intercontinental Champion, headline WrestleMania, beats John Cena, holds the WWE title? It's crazy, isn't it? Just you ain't picking The Miz. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. Um, yeah, full full respect to The Miz. How great would that feud be if he came back? Oh, that'd be good. That would be good, actually. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, number two, baby. No crossover yet. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this might be our crossover. Okay. Number two. Scott Hall. No. Ah, I was convinced you'd have Scott Hall. It was tempting. He is like... Well, I mean, just for the NWO alone, he deserves a place on this list, right? Like... Uh, the NWO are the biggest thing to ever happen to the wrestling business. Period. Like, ever. And Scott Hall was one of the original three, and he's the only one that hasn't held a world title, which makes him a mid-carder in our rules. And, and this would always be right. I was watching one of those Monday Night War episodes on the network, and um, they try and compare DX to NWO as if they were, like, similar draws or something. And it's like, the NWO was the biggest like it transcended wrestling everyone had an nwo t-shirt it was huge it was like one of the biggest things to hit particularly america like ever yeah definitely. No, no one outside of wrestling knew what a degeneration x was like they don't care it's ridiculous that they're compared in any way whatsoever nwo were massive and scott hall is a big part you know a third of why nwo was so awesome to begin with um, so Scott Hall, as a performer, he won the Intercontinental title four times as Razor Ramon, um, the WCW US title twice, 
uh, and the WCW television title once and the tag title seven times, six with Nash, once with um, Giant, the big show. It's a lot more than I was expecting. Yeah, a lot of tag titles, but um, but no, 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 when no world, no world title, you know, no world titles at all. And on paper, when you look at his longevity and sort of how he was booked throughout his career, that sounds quite disappointing to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like just just that amount. When you say say that Miz is an eight time IC champion and uh, raises a four time. But I think I think he remains, you know, one of the most important parts of wrestling history. Um, and he's put on some great matches. He was a really good worker in his day before he uh, messed himself up too much. Yeah, completely, completely. He's, um, as you say, he's one of the kind of pinnacles of mid carders because I don't remember too many main event matches, but I remember a lot of mid card matches from Scott Hall. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's a crazy stat to have against him. And it's mad. But I don't know if he would have ever... He's one of those people that didn't need the world title. No, that's not true. He would have... Um, I think he would have really worked with the world title. He would have looked good looked good with it. He was the right size for the era. He would have been and, better than Diesel. Um, the guy could promo. Yeah, he would. Yeah, exactly. I think Scott Hall would have been... Uh, but I think more so was Razor Ramon than when he was Scott Hall in WC. But Razor Ramon would have been a great WWF champion. Yes, definitely. He would have been great, and it's a shame that he never was. But he is rightly remembered as one of the best of all time. Yeah, and I feel like this is where it gets confusing, because my next two as well, it's kind of a case of, or especially my number one, is I consider a main eventer. But, yeah. you know, when they don't hold the world title, they stay in that spotlight for a while, but then, yeah, they kind of are there as the enhancement talent in the middle. Such a weird... Yeah, because he is the most up there, the three most iconic moments in wrestling with the NWO, he's a part of it. Of course. How can you, like, define that as a mid-carder? But you're right, he he never held a title. He was never really in that scene. He was just always in the middle. And I think it was, that was almost to his detriment. Like, so when he went to WCW and it was like, yeah, this is when I'm going to be the big guy, but he still was, like, behind Hogan and Diesel, do you know what I mean? He was Hogan and Nash. Like, he was... um, he was still behind them and he was their mate. So um, because they were the ones who were winning the world titles and stuff, he was always, he couldn't really feud with them because he was there to help them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And Ho- if, if, you, if you're working with Hogan, like that, there won't be too long before he has the world title. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, I, very good choice. I, I was tempted. I was tempted. But there's two other names in my list I needed to get in there. Okay. And at number two, it's a heart. It's Owen Hart. Of course. Of course. No, no. Hello, ladies. I'm afraid not. I don't. Um, I, don't I think it's it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. We're not going to have a single crossover um, again. But what's happening? Yeah, I know. I know. We're drifting apart. The family's falling apart, Max. Um. Um. <laughs> so. I know, I, and again, I'm stupid for not putting him in. Uh, for some reason, he didn't even enter my head, and I'm ashamed of that fact. How dare you? Obviously, know. everyone knows Bret Hart. He's one of the most decorated and famous WF champions there is. But when you talk about Owen, and a lot of people would say that Owen has was the more talented of the two as an overall performer, um, he could cut a great, great promo. He worked as a slimy, funny heel persona, and he was 
got his big break when he did start feuding with his brother. And we mentioned this match last time, didn't we? The one at WrestleMania 10. Love that match. It's absolutely incredible. It's one of the best WrestleMania matches that you can go and watch. And we always say it's best because... Best WrestleMania opener of all time. Best WrestleMania opener of all time. You're exactly right, Jesse. Um, you always see it when wrestlers know each other and trust each other. And this is all that was. And those two just work so well. But Do you know who that didn't work with? Who? Matt and Jeff Hardy. Right, yeah, they could never put on a good match. It was weird, wasn't it? Edge and Christian as well. Never saw a stellar match between those two. Yeah, they just couldn't quite connect. It's weird, isn't it? So it the, the, so that doesn't always ring true, but um but Brett and Owen certainly um certainly had a special chemistry. Yeah, they they definitely had it. Um so Owen has worked all over the place. He worked. We mentioned Stampede earlier. I'd love to see some Owen matches in Stampede from when he was starting. Yeah, do it for Owen, Brett. Get it on the network. Yeah, uh, New Japan World Championship Wrestling and WF are the ones where he's kind of made his name for himself. Um, he was a four. He did a lot of. Did you know he did a lot in um, World of Sport as well in the eighties on ITV? No, he didn't actually. Yeah, that you go on YouTube and type in Owen Hart World of Sport. There's some good stuff on there. Oh, I will definitely do that. So he became Intercontinental Champion. He was European Champion, four-time Tag Team Champion, and even King of the Ring at one point when he had his little Slammy Awards and his King of the Ring. I was about to say, and he was a two-time Slammy Award winner. Never forget, never forget. And, you know, he's headlined many pay-per-views and stuff, and but he just never reached that top level. Do you think he would have, barring the tragedy? Bearing in mind no. he was the Blue Blazer at that point. Exactly. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. No, never. And he'll he would have gone down, not in history as the tragedy that it became, but as he went down very quickly. <laughs> How did I know you were going to make a joke there? <laughs> but he he was going to go down. Instead. I fought with myself before I said it as well. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was a, it was a bite of the tongue. Well. Mm, no, don't do it. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the new foundation, uh, feuding with Brett, British Bulldogs, Heart Foundation reunions. Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination. Blackheart was amazing. And Jeff Jarrett, whatever. And then, unfortunately, (laughs) his career ended with uh, the Blue Blazer gimmick, which he enjoyed and he made it fun. There's no doubt that he... Well, he was was originally the Blue Blazer in WWF. Yes. Like... Uh, and that was all fine because um, I've been re- I've been watching a lot of um, prime time with Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon recently, and um, there's a lot they cover a few Blue Blazer matches back when it was like a wholesome character. But when they were doing it around Owen's death, it was done in an ironic sort of you know this is the Attitude Era and like this is a they were doing it tongue in cheek you know sort of bringing that character back as sort of a dig at Hogan as the Say Your Prayers sort of character you know. Uh. That was the idea behind it. So he died doing a fucking mockery of his original character. Mental, isn't it? Mental. Did you know? I only found this out the other day. There was... They had planned... So when he was supposed to come down from the rafters uh, over the edge, 99, um, there was talks, and it was only... The plans were only changed, I think, a day or two before for a Blue Blazer little person to be strapped to owen hart to come down with him really yeah so he would have survived well maybe his neck no didn't. No, no they both would have died yeah because his Without neck hit the turnbuckle didn't it yeah they, they well and even if it hadn't like that drop would kill anyone like True. the height of it um it's that like that dwarf must be counting his lucky stars man that would have killed we 
Like, it's bad enough to kill someone, but then to kill a little person as well. <laughs> I know, it's like killing a... Like what I just said about kicking a lamb to death. Like it's, That's the level. There's a certain sentimental value with a little person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but how mad is that? So a mini blue blazer um, was supposed to be involved just for extra comedy. And, um, yes, thank God. Um, I mean, obviously, what after worried is tragic, but thank God um, we didn't lose two lives that day. Yes, what a tragedy. <laughs> <We didn't... laughs> what do you mean? Uh, nothing. nothing he said you, would, you wouldn't care if a little person died. Whoa, no one said that. No That's said... what you implied. Do you hate little people, Max? <laughs> no, I thought it was the best bit of New Day's entrance at WrestleMania. It was, actually. You're right. I like the one that did the worm. <laughs> that came out of nowhere and that pancake suit amazing love i reckon i reckon he went off script that worm one. Oh, he did vince vince chased him vince loves little people doesn't he like babies oh, he... and little people seem he... to be his two favorite things the best thing about that entrance was we were watching with our friend ed and he was talking about what his entrance would be this was before the show even started he was like i'd have like a mirage of little people come out with me and <laughs> it would just confuse everyone and we were like that that would never work. No way would they ever allow that in wrestling. Three hours later, <laughs> mirage of little people. <laughs> yeah, I really thought that we would be on little people in wrestling, but apparently not. Never, fine, never forget. Um, but uh, yeah. jumping, jumping back to Owen quickly, um, I was watching some of his Nation of Domination stuff, um, and um, I saw a sign in the audience that just said, um, "said But Owen, you're white." <laughs> Someone was holding <laughs> the audience. <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. But he was a black heart at that point. That's why he fit into Nation of Domination, I think. Ah, I see. Um, back I don't to... know if that's actually why, but um, I choose to believe that. Back to the Blue Blazer gimmick, as you said, with him doing it as a mockery. Um, yeah. He went back to the independence. He had a brief stint in WF like a year when he did the superhero gimmick, and then he went back to the independence. Um, and then he went on this massive tour with the, uh, without the Blue Blazer gimmick. Um and then he went back to Stampede for a bit, and then he lost a match in 91, and he lost a Blue Blazer mask in the Mask versus Mask match against a Mexican wrestler called El Kanek, and that was his farewell to the Blue Blazer gimmick. So if okay. he had just said goodbye at that point, who knows what would happen. God, Brett had a shit couple of years, didn't he? Oh, God. Brett's life just... Um, yeah, I mean, he went to WCW for what he thought was great pastures, got after but then the Montreal screw job happened, um, gets kicked in the face by Goldberg, has a stroke, um, Owen dies. Uh, loads of other people have died, but, you know, less big yeah. names, but people that he was very, very close to. I always uh, do this with Owen. Sad man. I feel bad because it's a case of whenever you talk about Owen, you talk about his tragic death and then you talk about Bret Hart. Then, yeah, you immediately move on to Bret, whereas Owen had like this. Um, stellar career in and of himself. He, yeah, you know, he won the King of the Ring tournament. He, the King of Hearts gimmick was fantastic. He had a great steel cage match. We always talk about the WrestleMania match, but the steel cage match he had with Brett at SummerSlam for the yeah. world title, um, was absolutely incredible. I remember watching that match. I had it on VHS. And that, if, if you've never seen an Owen Hart match, those are the two. I know they're both against Brett, but. They they truly are two of the best that he's ever done. And his stuff with British Bulldog I always thought was amazing as well. So there needs to be a lot more a lot more Brett appreciation. As Mark Henry said in his Hall of Fame speech, it's time to put Owen in. It's time. Yeah, no, I liked that. I like that in Mark Henry's speech. That got me um that got me a little bit teary when I was watching that. It he's did. a very emotional man, Mark Henry, isn't he? Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Big Show and Mark Henry and Ric Flair, table for free. Who's crying first? Yeah, and bleeding. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think Owen Hart is um, obviously one of the great tragedies of the wrestling business, but also one of the most underrated mid-card wrestlers that there could possibly be. He is. Um, he, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed. I didn't put him in my top five now. You but, idiot. Um, I know, but but yeah, completely agree with you. Owen Hart was the man. Go on. Okay, can you guess? Can you guess what my number one is? Oh, is this your number one? Yeah. I don't know. So you said he killed a man. We haven't had anyone. Oh, that's... no. No, yes, we have. No, Scott Hall. Scott Hall killed a man. When? He shot a man. What? Yeah. How do I not know this fact? Look it up, brother. He, um, he, I think, like, someone... I can't remember what it was. Like, someone broke in his house or something, and he shot him. Scott Hall shot a man. Shot Hall kills a man. <laughs> do you ever like go on google and there's just the most random question so i just typed in scott hall shot a man the top yeah. people who ask is when did the great carly die <laughs> who is the son of scott hall what is lex luger's real name i thought it would be like scott hall shot on someone like he did a shoot interview or something <laughs> jesus His have you sh- found it Okay, I drilled him and he went down. His shirt went up and he was reaching for the gun, so I reached for it too. We wrestled around with the gun. I took it and I shot him in the head, point blank, with a forty-five caliber. The guy is dead. There you go. In an altercation outside a nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Damn. Yeah, so yeah, so this is on his Wikipedia page. Legal issues. Um, it's a long bit. In 1983, Hall was charged with second-degree murder after shooting a man with his own gun after wrestling it away from him in an altercation outside a nightclub in Orlando, Florida. According to Hall, this was done in self-defense. The charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. In a 2011 interview with ESPN, he admitted to killing a man and said he is unable to forget the incident. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and then his next, his, next, his next legal issue is, in 1998, Hall was also arrested for groping a 56-year-old woman outside a hotel in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> nice, yeah nice uh, nice segue there um yeah so yeah that's mad isn't it yeah i'm now on um like eight wrestlers who kill people fascinating oh, nice. great carly killed someone yeah i've heard about that as well um he hasn't made our lists <laughs> <laughs> no he has not no he has not no. Vern gagne never knew that I didn't know that. Oh. Not Vern. Good oh, old so this AWE. was uh, in 2009 when he was battling with Alzheimer's. He killed his uh, nursing home roommate by picking him up and body slamming him into the concrete floor. No way. Yeah, that's crazy. That is mental. And that's no, nothing awesome. was charged because uh, of his dementia. He lacked the mental capacity to have intended harm. Wow. Right. Wow. That's. Really, I mean, I was about to say that's cool. I mean, it's not cool; it's horrible, but that's like interesting. Why doesn't that come out more? We need to talk about this. Should we do a top five? No, top top five killers. We know who my number one would be. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh dear! Why this podcast took a dark turn at the hour mark? Yeah. Oh, Vern. I never knew that about Vern. Vern Gagne does like comes across there's a have you ever seen the film the wrestler not the mickey rourke one the um documentary on the awa that came out in the 70s no and um, it's very good you should watch it it's funny um so it's a documentary on the awa and Vern's in it all the time and he just seems like the nicest guy but he's just really passive aggressive 
and he just books himself, like pays himself loads of money compared to everyone else and always books himself in the championship matches. But then he's like being interviewed. He's like, well, I just think that it's, um, it's really good for business. And, um, when people sign with my company, I will be taking 90% of their check, but that's, that's to, um, that's to further the whole company. And it's important to have gold around my waist. <laughs> it's just like really, it's just really like genuine and nice about it, but talking complete bullshit all the time is really funny. Oh, Vern. AWA was something special. It really was. Yeah. That's where, um, Shawn Michaels got his start. Yes, it was. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, so we've gotten to murder, but we were talking about your number one. Yes, okay, and you can't guess who it is. I can can't. you guess what it is yet? <laughs> no. Um, number one, you'll kick yourself. Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. I should have seen Dean that coming for you. Dean Malenko. It was always going to be the Iceman. Come on now. He is um, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I believe he was in my top five of all time, way back when, when we did that list, about 200 years ago. And, um, like, I could literally put on any Malenko match, particularly from his WCW Cruiserweight days, and I know it's going to be a great match. Um, so, his title stats. He won the WCW Cruiserweight title four times, the tag titles once with Benoit, um, and he once won the WCW US title as well. Then he goes to the WWF, he wins the light heavyweight title twice before quietly retiring and no one seemed to notice. He just disappeared off telly, no one gave a shit. Um, despite all this, like that's a mediocre career championship wise, but he was putting on the most consistent work. Like just every Malenko match is brilliant. I don't care which one you put on. Every Malenko match is good. Um, to the extent that in 1997, he was ranked number one in the PWI top 500. Number one. Number one. How crazy is that? That is mental. When you think, like like the year before, it would have been Hulk Hogan or someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the year after, it would have been Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like These are the sort of people that top the PWI top 500. But Dean Malenko's in-ring work could not be ignored, even though he was not being booked in big stuff. He was the definition of mid-card. Number one. I, I think at that point, he was the only number one in history who was not, you know, a former world champion. Um. And I think he's the only one except Rob Van Dam won it in 2002. And he, at that time, although he had been an ECW champion, I suppose. Um, but at that time, Rob Van Dam hadn't been a WE world champion. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's it. Rob Van Dam and Dean Malenko are the only two to top the PWI to not be a world champion. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And you're right. Dean Malenko was something special. His I, I always remember his WCW work and it's it's incredible. Like, that's not a bad match. If you love wrestling, you can't say that you don't enjoy watching Dean Malenko. He's just the man. There's there's no one better. As far as in ring, you were talking about Cesaro earlier. Like, um, as far as watching just consistently awesome matches, Dean Malenko is your guy. Was, he just doesn't let up. I was going to say the kind of Cesaro of that generation, definitely. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like he's another one if he was born x number of years later and he was working in this era of um where technical is celebrated and loved as much as it is because like dean was small but he was also kind of built as well you know you you wouldn't if i saw dean i wouldn't be like oh yeah little guy whatever you know he's he's well that's what i liked about him yeah that's what i liked about him in um, the wcw cruiserweight division he just didn't put up with any of that flippy shit like he'd be against like ray mysterios and people like that and Jushin Ligers and Ultimo Dragons, who'd be like trying to flip all around him, and he'd just snap them out the air and fucking slam that bitch on the floor. Like, he'd put them in their place. 
It's true, and there needs to be more of that in cruiserweight wrestling. It doesn't have to be all flips and shit. The technical underweight ability needs to be there as well. Yeah, it does. And um, yeah, a, a Demolenko of today would be perfect for that. It would be so Demol. God, imagine if you could time, like, take nineteen ninety six Demolenko and pop him in two hundred five live today. That'd be so fucking good. That'd be yeah, absolutely mental. So, and it's such a shame that I imagine from like. Obviously, I don't know the guy, but his mannerisms on screen and how he comes across, he's quite happy to fade into the background of uh, of the limelight. I imagine when he retired, he was like, yep, that's it. Don't want any kind of recognition or anything like that. I think he's... Do you think he's, like, scared the shit out of himself? And he thinks everyone I become friends with, I just curse them. Like, ev- everyone I get friendly with dies. Do you think he stops texting Jericho? I, th- I, th- I think so. I think, uh, yeah, Jericho better watch his back if he carries on being close to Dean. Yeah, it's just those two left now, isn't it? Yeah, scary. But, um, oh, and Perry Satin, he's as good as dead. And, um, uh, but yeah, put, put Dean Malenko in the Hall of Fame and more importantly, put Dean Malenko in the WWE 2K game. This is all Jesse wants. Every year, he just bangs Every on Every year, about I it. want a Dean Malenko. I just want to play as Dean Malenko, all right? I just want to, like, snap i just want to take some fucking cruiserweight bitches out the air and slam them on the mat on game well i've seen your handwriting so i think if you did a handwritten letter and send it to like 2k and we they'd think you're like this adorable eight-year-old yeah and this eight-year-old knows his history <laughs> back in 96 <laughs> when he faced <laughs> and then they'll put them in the game just for you and they'll invite you and you'd have to pretend to be a sad cancer kid like yeah okay i can i can do that i can method um <laughs> I'll, I'll be brecked in. I'll be brecked to hit man hard. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, uh, he's bound to go in the Hall of Fame one day, isn't he? And when he know, when he goes and well, he still works for WE. He's like a backstage agent. Yeah, but what did he ever do in WE? What did um oh um there's others. There's what not. did there are. There's people who have gone in the Hall of Fame who didn't do next to anything in WWE. Yeah, but they're all the AWA guys who they, WE can be like, well, we bought them and, you know, they, they're old, so it's fine. I feel like when WCW becomes an old and it's not the them whooping their butt in the ratings, maybe. But, like, Goldberg's only just gone on because they've given him a year run of, like, he's a WE guy. He's our guy. Yeah, there was that Japanese guy that went in who never wrestled a day for WF in his life a couple of years ago. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. If he can go in, like, Dimalenko must go. Is Dimalenko's dad in, like, in the Legacy Hall of Fame or anything like that? Because he was a very respected wrestler as well. Uh, I don't believe so, but that, I, apparently this Legacy thing's been going for a couple of years now, and I only noticed it this year because we had, um, Sean Stasiak's son follow us on Twitter. That I realised right. that we were that like whatever the legacy award was, um, which is unfortunate. Really, it's a nice kind of idea. Do you mean Sean Stasiak? Do I mean Sean Stasiak? No. Planet Stasiak? No. no, you don't. No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> fuck, who do I mean? Why do I have Sean Stasiak in my head? I don't know. Sean Stasiak's most random name. I, I was going to say, like, I can't imagine Sean Stasiak's son following us, but. Uh, <laughs> Who was it? It was someone who went in the Legacy Hall of Fame, and it certainly wasn't Sean Stasiak. <laughs> uh, Stan Stasiak, that was it. Stan the man. Is it Stan Stasiak? Yeah. So he went in the Legacy Hall of Fame this yeah. year. <laughs> and his son, his son is a fan of ours. Um, so I hope you're listening, mate. Um, well, congratulations on your father. Yeah, apparently, according to his Twitter, he wasn't happy about it. So, 
Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Because um, legacy means shit. Yeah, maybe you wanted him to have more of a... Because I think that's the thing. If if you dedicate your whole life to something and are away from your family the whole time, it's nice to be acknowledged, but then to be put in like the afterthought of the Hall of Fame yeah, is a, is a bit of a knock-on. Yeah, fair enough. No, I get that. But but very strange. But yeah, Dean Malenko, solid choice. I, I'd say, yeah, if you're talking about mid-card wrestlers who, who could have got there, definitely. Yeah, and from a personal point of view, just <clears throat> one of my favourites of all time. Yeah, as you say, this could change daily for you. Yeah. Right, my number one is someone that I undenied about whether I could classify them as a mid-carder. But by our ruling of never holding the WWF or any major championships, how could you not put in Roddy Piper? Yeah, agreed, but... Um, it's controversial. I, yeah, I see, again, I consider him... I. He has never held a world title. You're absolutely right. But he's a main eventer to me. He he is just is a main eventer. It's it's weird, right? It's he had he had huge programs with Hulk Hogan. Do you know what I mean? Like that is yeah. main event. Greg Valentine, Adrian Adonis, Hulk Hogan, um... and he was clever enough to um, never get beaten clean by Hulk Hogan, which meant that he could keep coming back and feuding with Hulk Hogan all the way to late nineties WCW. And after all that time, it still felt fresh and exciting, which is yeah, crazy. And exactly. that's like the genius of Roddy Piper. And I think he's so, he is genius because it's, he's never, he held the Intercontinental title. And is that it? Is that all he ended up holding? Uh, 42 yeah. year in ring career. And he held in the WWE, he held the Intercontinental Championship and the World Tag Team Championship for Ric Flair. Right. How is that possible that you can be that relevant and that popular of a wrestler, but you need no belt attached to you? Crazy. It's, it, well, it speaks it speaks volumes to um, the charisma and pers- and character of the man. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, he just never held the major title because he never needed it. And I, I think Roddy. It's Piper not because is... you need to stop saying that. Like, everyone needs it. Everyone. Why, why needs does it. everyone need it? Because. It it does it does separate people. Like people become bigger deals when they're former world champions. They just always do. So you wouldn't put Roddy in the same kind of legacy echelon? No. Really? Uh, well, it's it's difficult. I mean, you just I mean, said yes, no to argue with me. No, yeah, I did. I, I mean, you. I mean, yes, I, yes, I would. But but if he was a former world champion, he could be. He would be so much more. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming with that. But um, his Intercontinental title run, um, he, he could have been a great, like, consistent Intercontinental title champion holder um, if they just kept, like, giving him that mid-title. Would have been uh, would have been fantastic for him. But he just had this connection with the audience, whether he was face or heel. Um, I remember him telling a story of him getting a kidney infection because someone jumped the barricade and stabbed him in the kidney. Jesus. With a knife that they used to gut their pigs earlier, and he got a really <laughs> bad infection. You know, Roddy Piper was the guy that they had riots in stadiums, and he had to rush to the back and hide in the toilets, because he yeah. just pissed people off that much. Serious heat. It's a skirt. I mean, <laughs> it's a skirt. <laughs> I mean, God bless whatever Champa's doing lately, but I don't think anyone's ever going to come close to what Roddy Piper No one's going to try do. and kill him. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
let's not not get into that point. Um, Ric Flair has even described him as saying he's the most gifted entertainer in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, and I think in that era of wrestlers and macho men, he was the entertainer. Yeah, I completely agree. No, he's he's always been great, and never never seen Roddy on an off day. Nope, even in Legends House, rubber duck. Even in Legends House, do you remember when he? Um, I think it was the first episode of Legends House when he just leaves and um, starts howling at the moon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calmed down. I think they had a word with him where they were like, "Whoa, let's." Uh, Whoa, you're just doing that. Do you remember that nice episode of Legends House when Shawn Michaels just takes them all out and they go fishing? Yeah. That's nice, isn't it? That was really wholesome. I was just watching it. And I was like, oh, this is lovely. I want more Legends House. I want more Legends House. Put Rick in there and let him run wild. <laughs> it's the best thing they had on the network. It was great. Woo! Um, one thing that people should check out, because there's a lot of good Roddy Piper matches, and I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday to Nick, um, was during a Piper's Pit segment, he ended up insulting Bruno Sammartino. Oh, yeah. uh, R.I.P. And R. I. P. they had an incredible feud those two uh, it's on the network in the san martino collection and they had a match in a steel cage match and it's just such a fun match to watch um, nice those two had just great chemistry with each other and then he kind of um started moving on to the the cindy lauper and um oh god yeah captain lou Urbano stuff you know we, we mock it but the whole rock and wrestling thing which he was integral to was really important to the boom of 80s wrestling oh of course it was yeah it was what made wf a huge inter- international company it was yeah. like their first big thing wasn't it um i enjoyed um g- going on one of my top five the roddy piper gold dust um yes that was uh, wrestlemania match yeah which they, was uh, basically OJ a parody scared. of the oj simpson yeah exactly um <laughs> which apparently all that stuff was filmed like weeks before wrestlemania ah. but um it's uh, but it's very entertaining ah, yes no <laughs> it's if you haven't seen it We've mentioned Goldust in, in this episode for how mental he is. Roddy matches him in a level I don't quite understand. <laughs> I've, have you seen Goldust's promo leading up to that when Goldust plays the bagpipes? Yes, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the way he delicately takes that, um, I don't know what they're called, the flute part of the bagpipe and um, just places it in his mouth <laughs> um, um, is both terrifying and confusing. Yeah, it aroused me in ways I can't ex- explain. Yes. I know, wearing his big long wig as well. I, I remember, because obviously I didn't know a lot about what they always used to play, because we mentioned before, like, back in the early 2000s wrestling, they used to just play old clips to kind of give you history on wrestling and stuff. And the yeah. one they would always play is Roddy Piper smacking Jimmy Snuck with a coconut because racism is funny um <laughs> black coconut properly explodes proper i don't know how you explode a coconut as a kid i thought they were quite soft things later in life i learned fucking how he whacked him with this yeah i mean it's it's almost like you think like it's almost like snooker got head trauma and went on to kill someone or something yeah right like yeah i like that there's a theme running through tonight <laughs> Not the theme we wanted. Not the theme we wanted. Not the theme. It's never the theme we want, but it's the theme that we expect. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when uh, Piper returned in 2003, um, WrestleMania 19, the mental match that is Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan. Jesus, did Roddy Piper have a tummy on him when he came back as well? Yes, Do you remember? He did. But he like, was a fat, fat tubby bitch. He'd, uh, so how long did he been out of there? How long did he been out of WF for at that point? So. 96? 
Uh, yeah, World Championship Wrestling. He was. He went, to, he went to WCW and, wrestled, yeah. and and debuted in WCW Halloween Havoc '96. That's it. Then headlined Starcade '96 with Hogan and beat Hogan um, at Starcade '96 clean in a non-title match that they never advertised as a non-title match, but were very careful never to say that Hogan's WCW Championship was on the line. All right, nerd. It was very shady. I'm not nerd. What are you talking about? I just, I'm just WCW autistic. 90- yeah, very, very. <laughs> I, I literally was asking that as like a throw. Just give me a year. Just give me a yeah, year. Me- no, I can give you the month he debuted. <laughs> I can tell you how long his promo was. Ooh. And then, so this is what I always found weird about his return in 2003. Because you're talking about a seven-year gap from, from the industry. Completely changed at this point. No, Not even WF anymore. And then there's no promo package or anything beforehand. He literally just shows off, whips off the mask, and that's it. The crowd are just meant to know yeah. who he is. That would never happen now. No, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's wrestling's weird, right? Because like in, um, on one hand, they expect you to have really short memories, like when people become friends who were feuding a few months ago and things like that, and they're like, "Don't remember that, you idiot. Just enjoy it now." But then they do stuff like that and bring back or mention, like bring back someone for a nostalgia pop or something. And they expect you to remember these people from, they did it with the Dudleys. The Dudleys came back the other year with no, um, prepackages or anything. Yeah. And everyone went mental for them, but they hadn't been in WE for what, like 10 years or something at that point, maybe even longer. And everyone's just expected to remember them and know them. But if you point out an inconsistency from a couple of months ago, they call you a mark. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's baffling how they kind of do that behaviour. Do you remember when Piper teamed with Sean O'Hare? And that was like his... That was his Yeah, big... it didn't work out well for either of them. Yeah, um, that was a weird year, because then you had uh, Mr. America, you had Roddy Piper tearing off Zach Gowan's fake leg. You know, there was, just, <laughs> yeah, did. there was a lot going on that year. Lot. Stephanie McMahon and um, Vince McMahon in one of my favourite No Mercy matches. Yeah. Dark, that was that year. Dark times, man. Dark times. <laughs> right. Um, so that's our top five. No crossovers. No crossovers. And um, I'm sure people will argue. And um, But it is what it is. That's um, that's my list. Well done on Owen Hart. I'm really annoyed I didn't think of Owen. Sorry. Well, he's in there and he will be remembered forever in the echelons of our podcast. Of course he will. Of course he will. <laughs> um, should we listen to what the other lot have got to say? Uh, yeah, we won't listen, will we? We'll read them out because they've sent them in text form. So if we just listen, it'll be silence. But um, I was going to put on voices. Um, were you? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to read from the... Um, did, 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 did. Could you hear that? That was just happening, that mobile phone sound. It didn't, that but comes now... through on electronics yeah. sometimes. I don't know if it will come through the recording or not, but I got it. It's nice. It's it still feels like a really retro sound, but it's still around. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Like why it still happens? So you'd think we'd be above that in technology now. Anyway, um, the um, <laughs> got really passionate got, then. <laughs> the Cocktail Five um, Wrestleverse, whatever the hell we call it. Milky them. Way Universe. How long we've been Milky doing Way this? Universe? Sorry, all right, because we do it bi-weekly now. I forget everything by the time a fortnight rolls around. Who it's too you? long. Who, what, who? me, who am I, who, we. Um, so, ask them, they answered. Um, Shiram Rishi says, Kurt Hennig, excellent choice. Rick Rude, Hiroki Goto. I don't, I've never liked Goto, I don't no, know why. I don't like Goto. Um, you hate Goto. Remember when he was facing Suzuki and you were just furious? Yeah, I just, I just want 
yeah, I just wanted um, Suzuki to kill him. And he did. I mean, Suzuki ended up losing, but he still hurt him a lot, which made me happy. Yeah. And there's even a funny bit when Chaos had won loads of matches and they were all backstage afterwards and they all went cheers with their Budweiser's or whatever they drink. And Goto was there and he tried to join in but couldn't quite reach and no one chinked his glass and <laughs> just completely <laughs> ignored him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Shiro Murishi. Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, Hiroki Goto, Dolph Ziggler, who wouldn't count on our list because he is a former world champion, but it doesn't matter, and Razor Ramon. All of them were slash are fantastic in the ring. Most of them had slash have great characters and played their parts well. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Um, King Maxwell, which I feel like this is a bit biased, says... Oh, I wonder who he'll pick. Today, Matt Hardy. Hmm. Um, hmm. Matt Hardy was an ECW champion, but we said that title again, means shit. Yeah. Well, again, I didn't give I didn't give them the rules, remember? Yes, They're just true. saying this is just, whatever means to them. Yeah, Matt Hardy, definitely. Um, in the past, Big Boss Man. Yeah. I like Big Boss Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, although he was kind of te- teeter-tottering between main eventer and mid-carder at the time in the early 90s. You are not wrong, King Maxow. Good grasp kind of the language I liked him as, for his age. Yeah, and Very good. Um, I liked him as Big Bubba in WCW as well. Yes. That was a good character. And he also did that cool spot that Baron Corbin does now when you um, sort of run to the corner and then you get out the ring and then run around the turnbuckle and get in the other side. Um, do you know what I mean? Yes, it, yeah. Like, if you do it it has to be smooth. If you do it right, it looks really smooth and crisp. And um, Big Boss Man used to do it all the time, and it looked awesome. He can move for a big man. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, do you want to read out the, the Mark Matty. one? Is this um, JQNCG? Yeah. Who always comments on, on this, which, thank you. He does. But it's always yeah, the New Japan stuff. A, yeah, you are a little smart. Um, so, um, Katsuri Shibata joining in with you. My favourite wrestler of all time. No one can match that aura. Well done. Well done, you. Uh, Chris Wolf. Ooh. Probably the most charismatic wrestler in the world. Everything she does is fun. True. I get to meet her next week, so maybe I'll have a little chat. Well, tell her that one of our fans, um, one of her fans um, listed as um, said that she was the most charismatic wrestler in the world. I will. And try and get an interview and we can put it on this podcast. I will. There you go. Um, Hiromu Takahashi, he's everything that's good in wrestling. I would agree with that. We both love Takahashi, don't we? To me, he's like a Japanese Brian Pillman. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I love that. Um, Hannah Kimura, killer kicks plus killer arm bars plus cool personality. Look, I have no idea who that is, do you? No. No, okay, you smug. Um, and finally, um, we can all agree with this. Rey Mysterio, is there some... Is there is there something not to love about him? One of my first favorite wrestlers. Yeah, Rey Mysterio has been everyone's favorite wrestler at some point. I think, um, if certainly if you're our age or even a bit older, because ev- everyone when they get into wrestling goes through their Rey Mysterio phase, just because he's just so easy to like, isn't he? He looks cool. He does awesome things in the ring that no one else does, and like he's kid friendly, but he's still cool enough that adults can like him. I think Ray just. Everyone in the world at some point loves Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I'm going to pick one more. Um, oh, okay. Josh 1X says Kofi Kingston. Yeah, excellent choice. I've always had a connection with him, especially during his feud with Randy. That was that was a great year for Kofi. Uh, for the title, he's always been super likable, entertained to me. Would love to see him with a short run with a top bout before he retires. Not going to happen. I was like... No, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Um, it feels to me like, and I don't know if this is just WE saying, like, training me to say only the big guys, 
But Big E, feel, if anyone's going to do it, it feels like it will be Big E to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Out of the new day, I mean, yeah. I don't think any of them will ever hold that kind of title, but I'd uh, I'd like to see some of them kind of bounce around with the Intercontinental. Xavier, I'd love. That would make me very happy. Yeah. Xavier, to get more ring time in general, I'd like. Yeah, very much so. Um, so that was my luck. Did, did you want to pick one more? Are you good? Uh, yeah, well, I'll just quickly say a few people, Chuck Norris 55 and Domino 519, have both mentioned D'Lo Brown, who um, I know was one of your favourites. He's favorite actually in, in the list of people who did not make it, but is uh, ah. top, top of that list. So is MVP, by the way. Oh, MVP. See, you always liked him a lot more than me. I've never quite got on with MVP, and I can't I can't even explain to you why, really. I think it's his attire. He just looks looked stupid. He looked like he was wearing a scuba costume. It's true. Which I found out he wore that because when he was in prison, he had some like gang tattoos and stuff that he wasn't comfortable or like the company wasn't comfortable him showing on telly. So that's why his body was covered up like that. Makes sense. Looks like the power. It does. It it does make good sense. Yeah. But, but yeah, he looked like a scuba diver and I didn't like it. Well, that's your own hang up. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if you're going to wrestle, dress like a fucking wrestler. Sorry, Jesse. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Dean Ambrose as well. He looks like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's all about a tire with you and it just dress like a wrestler dress dress to do your job Want some pants and entertain me exactly are you good have you, have you read out yeah that was horrible Dude, your drinking noises are horrible mate um some horrible. yeah i don't know just <laughs> sounds like that <laughs> um, yeah i'm good um have we got anything else to do probably not no was that it that's it all right i've enjoyed it have you yeah Uh, we will uh, be back in two weeks time where steve from the podcast will be joining us and i'm looking forward to that one he's going to come into our world our world exactly we've been in his and once again not to keep plugging his but um we did do a very good job reviewing wrestlemania and nxt takeover on his show so if you're interested go listen to us on that podcast because we broke it down very well back on our first episode which we won an award for BT Plus, if, if, if his if he looks at his listener um, listener numbers, oh yeah, because we did the cross we did the um, cross broadcast, didn't we, on our show when we accepted the award as well? Yeah, we've done three of the, his episodes. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, so yeah, I guess our listeners have already sort of heard a bit of his show. But if you go and listen to his show with us on and make sure that his listener numbers get boosted for the one that we're on, he's going to realise the draw that we are. Exactly. And and we have a lot of fun talking with Steve. So uh, we're looking forward to having him on our podcast next week. We'll officially announce the title of what the episode is going to be. We've got a rough idea. We just need to iron out the finer details. So that will be going up on Twitter next week. Twit that bitch. So, yeah, that'll be wow good, mate. Uh, Jesse? Yes. It's been lovely. Hasn't it though? Always a joy. Good, good mid card is. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna play 2K18 now and do my fantasy mid card matches with all of my list. Oh wait, I can't. There's no Dimalenko. <laughs> Bitter forever. You know, some nice thirteen uh, year old boy will make you one online. You could download. It's not the same. Calls just don't have, feel the same. I want the entrance and everything. I want the whole package. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's part of the problem. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, please like, share, subscribe. The whoring usual stuff that we say. Um, there's a website you can go if you want to check. Got till five dot com. That's it. Got till five dot com. Thank you, Jesse. We'll be back in two weeks' time with Steve. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Later days. Later days. 
you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. <laughs> 